you're listening to the Telltale channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. In this podcast, we're going to talk about somebody leaving tarot cards around Greg Locke's church. Now he thinks his whole congregation is possessed by demons. A conspiracy theory leaving the internet and entering the real world. A conspiracy theorist bombed a famous Georgia monument, the Georgia Guidestones. Pastor Johnny Enlow's recent appearance at a conference where congressmen told him they rely on his prophetic gifts. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. If you want to send an email instead, the email address is telltalemailbag at gmail.com. Bookworm of the fandoms, have you seen that Jordan Peterson was suspended from Twitter? Yeah, I did see that. And I see that the guy is now spiraling downward harder than I have ever seen. You know, his original position, the thing that originally got him famous, had a veneer of credibility. It wasn't credible. There was nothing to back it up. He had no reason to do that in the first place. It was... Canadian Bill C-16, he called it compelled speech. You're going to be forced to use people's pronouns. In reality, it was just adding trans to the list of protected classes. There was nothing controversial about it, but he made it controversial, and he got famous off of that. It was a position that, if it was actually how he described, moderates could have gotten on board. And because he was describing it that way, moderates did get on board, and he pulled them further to the right by coming out with all kinds of crazy, unhinged conspiracy stuff. Anyways, the point is, his original position started out with a veneer of reasonability. It seemed reasonable to the uninformed person. At this point, there's nothing reasonable. Like, the the guy is completely unhinged now. He isn't even pretending to be reasonable anymore. I watched him melt down over his Twitter suspension on... The Daily Wire or somewhere or other. Anyway, not even pretending to be in favor of freedom of speech anymore. Not even pretending to act like an actual psychologist. I was watching an interview with him recently where he was talking about how people's feelings are not a good measurement for anything. Like, he's saying, when you go to a doctor, you have cancer. The doctor puts you behind an x-ray machine and a CAT scan and takes all these pictures of your insides and can point to things and say, look, here it is right here. And if we do this, then it'll fix that problem. What are feelings? How do you measure feelings? But aren't there some people that are obviously trans who were born in one body, they feel like they're in the other body. And when they're an adult, they can make the decision. And then even from just a freedom and liberty perspective, shouldn't they have that right even if they do it and then they regret it, shouldn't they have the right to try it? It's a good question. Uh, this, this, this entire argument in many ways is stated so idiotically that it almost defies description. I mean, what do you mean feel like you're in the wrong body? Well, what kind of measurement is that? Now, hang on a sec. I was gonna there are rules <laughs> for these sorts of diagnostic decisions. If someone comes to you and says, I feel like I have lung cancer, that is not sufficient grounds upon which to formulate a diagnosis, much less proceed to surgery. Mm-hmm. And so the question is, what do you mean by feel? What is that? Is that an emotion? Is it a well, motivation? Is it a philosophical so, conclusion? What is so, it? What are feelings? How do you measure feelings? Are you fucking kidding me? Jordan Peterson, PhD in psychology, 
doesn't know how to measure feelings? You've got to be joking. This guy, this is his entire field. That is what we do in psychology. Measure feelings. How do you think schizophrenia was discovered? How do you think bipolar disorder was discovered? You cannot sit here and tell me you don't understand the difference between psychology, understanding people's feelings, and cancer treatment or cancer detection. You have got to be kidding me. The guy has a PhD in psychology. He is a full-blown scam artist after I hear him say that. Full-blown scam artist. There is no part of me that believes that he is acting in any kind of good faith or honesty anymore after hearing a PhD psychologist say, how can you measure someone's feelings? He can't do it like they have cancer. If someone comes to you and says, I feel like I have lung cancer, that is not sufficient grounds upon which to formulate a diagnosis, much less proceed to surgery. What do you mean by feel? What is that? Is that an emotion? Is it a motivation? Well, is it a philosophical so conclusion? He's a grifter. He's a scam artist. I don't buy it for one second anymore. I have a two-year degree in psychology, and I knew better. Ridiculous. Anyway, Jordan Peterson pisses me off. Don't get me started. All that jazz. Owen rants for five minutes. Also, Owen, don't get me started. <laughs> I know. I've been started for a while now. Yeah, I appreciate the super chat. Hi, Ellen. My name is Lynn, and the date is 7-8-2022. Um, I was just wondering if you had heard that Tyler Etheridge, who was a, a minister at Andrew Womack's church, arrested yesterday for his participation in the insurrection. Um, maybe you can cover it. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Appreciate that. No, I did not hear about that. That's really, really interesting to me. So I, I did look into this. This is the story, apparently. So if you guys are unfamiliar with Andrew Womack, let me just introduce you to the guy real quick. Just want to pick out my favorite one. Let me just pick out my favorite video of the guy. Uh, being trans is demonic. Prayed mildew away. Here it is. This is the one. Wants your money immediately. This is the video I was looking for. Watch this video. This is Andrew Womack. So this should give you an idea of who we're dealing with. As the caller said, a minister in this guy's church was arrested for being at the Capitol riot, apparently. That's actually a really big deal. W listen to what Andrew Womack has to say in this, this clip here. I tell you, partnership in the gospel is the greatest thing you can do. When we get to heaven, I can guarantee you there's not a single one of you that's going to be saying, I wish you hadn't have encouraged me to give so much and that I'd have got my fifth flat screen TV and that I would have had more jewels and fancier clothes and a nicer car. All that stuff will be gone. It's only what you invest in the kingdom that is going to benefit you for eternity. You're going to come up to me and hug my neck and kiss me and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for getting that money out of my pocket. Does it get lower than that? Does it get lower? The things he said about the trans community are pretty rough. You know, this is something that's very politically incorrect and will be, uh, a lot of people will find this to be upsetting, but I tell you, the things that are happening in our nation, it is a doctrine of the devil. Mm -hmm. It's not just people with a different opinion. It's not just some people have a different 
take on things. It is literally doctrines of the devil. They are taking children as young as four and five years old and telling them that you were born in the wrong body. No, nobody is doing that. This is a fabricated problem that doesn't exist. He's trying to get people all wrapped up in this and upset and up in arms and work them into a blood frenzy to get them angry enough to do something about it. This is effectively stochastic terrorism. And they are surgically altering them and giving them hormone blockers and stuff. Four and five-year-olds? No. This is a fabricated issue. I'm telling you, this is not just a different opinion, somebody that has a little different way of looking at things. No, in this guy's mind, it is a doctrine of Satan. He believes that this is satanic worship or whatever. It is a doctrine of demons. I, it gets worse from there, but I can't play more. He's also famous for making the claim that he prayed mildew away. He had a whole bunch of mildew in like a closet or something in his house. And instead of taking a brush and trying to clean it or bleach or whatever, he opened Deuteronomy and read scripture to it and it and it went away. It disappeared. I, I didn't even play the worst of it, honestly. He says all kinds of bizarre messed up stuff. But apparently one of the ministers in his church was charged in the January 6th riot. Let's read the article. Federal prosecutors have charged a Colorado Springs man in connection with the deadly January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Prosecutors in the District of Columbia charged Tyler Etheridge, 33, civil disorder, a felony, and related misdemeanor offenses. He was arrested Friday in Denver and made an initial appearance in the District of Colorado, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. Etheridge, a 2017 graduate of the Practical Government School at Andrew Womack's Cher Cheris Bible College in Woodland Park, is accused of removing fencing on the Capitol's northwest approach and encouraging the crowd to keep fighting after he climbed a median, prosecutors said. Prosecutors allege Etheridge entered the building at 2.35 p.m. and went to the rotunda where he filmed several videos that he posted on social media, according to court documents. In one of the videos, Etheridge said, I don't want to say what we're doing is right, but if the election is being stolen, what is it going to take? In parlor video, this Capitol terrorist declared, I'm probably going to lose my job as a pastor after this. Hashtag pastor parlor. I'm probably going to lose my job as a pastor after this. I think we're to a point where talk is cheap. If this makes me lose my reputation, I don't care. Hon honestly, Andrew Womack is the type of person that would support this action. Andrew Womack is extremely political and has said that he supports Trump and he believes that Trump won the election, all that other crazy stuff. Attempts to reach the congregation for comment were unsuccessful on Friday. On January 6th, Etheridge was a pastor at Christ Center Church of Tampa in Dover, Florida. The congregation announced on January 19th that he was no longer with the parish. So that's the story. That's the situation. Glad that he's getting what he deserves, which is federal charges. You can't take part in an insurrection and expect to not face charges for it. Hey, Owen. Uh, this is David from Georgia. I just wasn't sure if you had heard or not. Um, the Georgia Godstones were actually uh, damaged by an explosive device uh, just the other day and then had to be demolished uh, it's just really weird that all of a sudden, you know, all the attention coming to them uh, here in Georgia, and then all this happens. So just wanted to let you know in case you didn't know. Thanks for all that you do. I really enjoy the content you're putting out. Just keep it up.
Yeah, I appreciate it. I did hear about that. That is absolutely nutty stuff, man. Yeah, I have the footage right here. It blowing up July 6, 2022, 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. Absolutely crazy, man. He's obviously a conspiracy theorist uh, of some sort. This is drone footage of the aftermath of it. I guess they even had to pull it down afterwards. Like, they decided to just fully demolish it for safety reasons, apparently. This is the next day, July 7th. Apparently, that the local business owner said that they intend to try to rebuild if they can, possibly. We'll see what happens with it. I really hope conspiracy theorists don't win this one. I mean, I didn't like what they said. They seemed kind of weird to me. The inscriptions didn't make any sense. They weren't useful, a lot of them. And the rest were just obvious. So I, I'm not, like, emotionally invested in having this thing as a monument. I don't really care either way. What I care about is not allowing domestic terrorists to win. Hey there, this is a Jay from Arkansas. I'm calling because I recently began a world civilization class at a public university here, and something included in the syllabus was that it's a Christian environment and we must respect Christ. That being a public university, that's not allowed, is it? Um, love what you do with your channel. Uh, thanks. Bye. Interesting question. Basically, if it's a public university, are they allowed to enforce Christianity? Like, mandate that you are a Christian or, or whatever else, or you pray with them or whatever? I'm not really sure. I know a little bit about this, and what I do know is if they receive public funding from the government, I believe they're required to keep things secular and respect all views equally, Islam and Christianity and everything else. If it's a private university, which there are a lot of out there, a surprising number of them don't take public funding, it's perfectly okay for them to do that, uh, whatever they want. So you would have to find out if they actually receive public funding from the government or not. Corinthian College, DeVry University, there are a bunch out there that were privately funded. They, they're private schools technically, but they are colleges that are open to the public. So they're privately owned, they don't take public money, and as a result they're allowed to do that stuff. So you just have to look into their funding source and find out. It, it depends largely. Not a lawyer. Uh, I, I only know a little bit about it, but hopefully that little bit helps. Next one's an email. Persecution is the title. Hey Owen, my name is Emma. I have been watching your show for about two months now and I'm so glad I found you. I cannot begin to describe how it feels to actually know there are people out there who aren't religious and not spiritual. You know, chakras and shiny crystals with healing magic. And I don't have anything against those kinds of ideals, I just have a problem with the way they are carried out. Example, I have a friend who's a traditional Christian and he likes guys. He's very sweet and cares about the valley we live in and wants to make it a more suitable place to live in. It's a bad valley split by a river, so there are two towns in two states. It's bad because of the people. Anyways, we both talk about religion and politics a good bit. Here's my thing. We can agree to respect each other's moral and spiritual beliefs, even though they're different. My friend believes in God. I'm a person of science through and through. 
So why is it that we can get along and even talk about religion without it leading to some spiteful conflict, even though we have different beliefs? Answer, human decency, something not everyone has that goes for both sides. I have a lot more I want to ask and talk with you about, but I understand how busy you are, so I hope I didn't ramble too long. Have a great day. I appreciate that. Yeah, here's the thing. I don't have a problem with Christians. I have a problem with extremism, and that goes for both sides. I don't stand for people talking about blowing things up. I don't stand for people talking about violence as an answer to any problems or any of that stuff. I don't accept it when Kenneth Copeland fleeces gullible suckers for money. I wouldn't accept it if somebody on my side fleeced gullible suckers for money in a petty, underhanded, dirty way. It's a, a moral principle that I stand on. It just so happens that Kenneth Copeland and Andrew Womack and all of these other far-right, nutcase Christian pastors are the ones that are doing it the most, more than anybody else. It just so happens that Trump's followers tend to be disturbingly extreme, far more extreme than Biden's followers. Like, Biden doesn't have a, a cult movement behind him. Trump does. If Biden had a cult movement behind him, I'd criticize them too. We can agree to respect each other's moral and spiritual beliefs, even though they're very different. My friend believes in God. I'm a person of science through and through. The people I criticize don't have respect for other people's ideas. That's why I criticize them in the first place. So absolutely interesting point. I appreciate you mentioning it. And thank you for the email. Next email is titled, I'm Worried. Hey, Owen, I'm, as the subject reads, worried. New Work Post wrote an article that someone opened the truth about fact checkers being nothing but leftist opinions, and I'm hoping you can put my mind at ease. Thanks. P.S. Sorry, I'm a bad typer. Don't sweat it. Sorry, what I meant to say is New York Post has a written story about a Facebook CEO saying that he revealed the truth that fact checkers are just leftist opinions. I was hoping you'd have some comforting words of wisdom to reply to me or on your podcast. Thanks, Stefan from Boise, Idaho. I appreciate the email, Stefan. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that. I wouldn't worry about the New York Post too much. They're notoriously pretty far right. Absolutely awful, honestly. And as far as fact checkers just being leftist opinions, great, prove it. Prove it. Fact check the fact checkers if that's true. Show me evidence that the fact checkers or any of the facts that the fact checkers checked if you will, were not facts or were facts or whatever else. Show me proof of what you're saying. Until then, I simply don't believe you. I mean, it's very possible that, you know, there are some corrupt fact checkers or whatever else. Fine. Show me. No one has any reason to believe you until you show us evidence of it. I am so sick of living in a society that doesn't accept ev or that doesn't respect evidence, has no respect for evidence whatsoever. They don't give a shit. It's just whatever I feel is true and, and that's all there is to it. Like facts and evidence mean absolutely nothing to some of the people in society right now. And it absolutely blows my mind. I wouldn't worry. It's just another link in the culture war. Don't sweat it. Next, we're going to talk about somebody leaving tarot cards around Greg Locke's church. Now he thinks his whole congregation is possessed by demons. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com.
Greg Locke did a live stream on YouTube the other day titled Exposing Witchcraft in the Church. Turns out he believes his entire congregation is possessed by demons because people have been placing tarot cards around his church. So I wanted to go through some of the more bizarre clips I found in this live stream. I talked about it on Twitch, and I'll be uploading clips of this whole live stream, like the whole thing beginning to end, to my Telltale Unfiltered channel in the next like week or so. So keep a lookout there if you want to see the whole thing. Uh, it, it gets weird. But I talked a little bit about it on my main channel recently. I wanted to talk about the more bizarre stuff today. So let's take a look at this clip of Greg Locke attempting to exercise demons from his church members. People take little tarot cards, the spirit of Santeria and things like that, and they slip them under the chips. I think we'd be shocked at what's under these chips. Because his church is actually a gigantic circus tent. So he has like a chip floor i don't know what you'd call it like mulch i guess or hay or something kind of like that that's what he's talking about like there are chips on the floor that people walk on there isn't like a floor it's just ground uh, that's what he's talking about apparently somebody's been slipping tarot cards under the cedar chips or whatever it is in his church that's funny that's an interesting form of protest, that's for sure. So before I start talking about the cult, here's what I'm going to say. If we got any spirits in this room tonight connected to the occult, right this moment you leave this room, and right this moment you come up and you get out. I want every spirit right now connected to a fortune teller, connected to a tarot card, or connected to a psychic reading to leave these people right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit and demon. Oh my God, dude, I love it. I'm eating this up. The guy is... No joke, trying to exercise demons from his church members. So I hear you asking, what, what brought him to the conclusion that his church is possessed by demons, right? Apparently there's gossip going around in his church. People are unhappy with he, the way he's running things. They're unhappy with his head of security, Greg Borchers. They call him Hulk Hogan. That's like their nickname for the guy, apparently. Uh, they're unhappy with the security choices that Locke is making, like he just hired or promoted some new guy. I forget the guy's name now, but he talks about it in the whole, like, the live stream that I covered recently. So anyways, people are gossiping, and he believes that that's because they're possessed by demons. As a result of a witch that he thinks is currently actively right now in his circus tent, like in his church... He thinks that there's a witch in there that's been possessing people with demons, possessing his congregation. Seriously. If you're not if you're blown away by that, just wait. Just wait. There is more. We have more to talk about. Leading up to this next clip that we're about to watch, he says this incantation with his church, basically, I rebuke all witchcraft and wizardry and blah, blah, blah. I renounce anybody in my family line that has ever said an oath to the Freemasons. Before I preach on witchcraft, here's what I want you to say. I renounce, I renounce every, form every form of witchcraft, all sorcery, all, sorcery. all, divination, all divination, and all occult involvement. I renounce any affiliation with the Catholic Church and all of its idolatry. I renounce any connection, known or unknown, that I have to the Masonic Lodge. Any secret society oath 
made by me or by my ancestors. It's rendered powerless tonight. Just this big, weird incantation to try to expel witches and demons from everybody in the congregation, right? So after he goes through that whole thing, then he comes out and he says this. Listen. Now, I will say, apparently that worked because our partner has vacated the building. Our partner being the witch or the person that he believes to be a witch that's been at his church. Yep, not throw people out of the church. I didn't. I prayed them out. You side with them, I'll throw you out. I'm tired of people siding with witches. Okay, I didn't know that was a problem, but... Uh, all right. Here's the problem with this guy. He has a different view of reality than everybody else. There's a verse in Exodus 7 that talks about Moses and Aaron going to Pharaoh and throwing their staffs on the ground and their staffs turn to snakes. Pharaoh calls his wise men and sorcerers, whatever else, and they do the same thing. They throw their staffs on the ground, they turn to snakes too. But Moses and Aaron's snake staffs gobble up the other snake staffs. Thus trying to illustrate that God's power is capable as just as much as Satan's, except God's power is greater, so he can do more. He's capable of more, but the same things. So Greg Locke took that verse to mean he is capable of fortune-telling, divination, telekinesis, and all of the other stuff that he believes witches are capable of doing, astral projection and all of it. But he's doing it in God's name rather than in Satan's name. That's the difference here. That's why I call his denomination Witches for Jesus. In reality, he doesn't have a name for his denomination. He calls himself non-denominational. A lot of these evangelicals use that. Uh, I call him Witches for Jesus. I think it's a fitting name. Witchcraft is used to control and manipulate people's minds. Then you have divination. That's the revelatory branch, meaning by that, that's the python spirit. That's the prophecies, or shall I say, the false prophecies, because they can falsely prophesy. So if you prophesy something and you get it wrong, that's a sign you're a witch. You're not using God's power, you're using Satan's power. And Satan's power tends to be hit or miss with prophecy. That's what he believes. So if you get it wrong, you're getting your power from Satan and you're a witch. If you get it right 100% of the time, you're not a witch. You're a witch for Jesus. Let me say that again. They can falsely prophesy. Divination is a real thing. There's a lot of pastors that have the spirit of divination. If they operated under the power of the Holy Spirit, it would be beautiful prophetic. But they operate under a spirit of divination and they tell lies. Lies. And some of these people on TV that call themselves a prophet ain't no such thing. My hind leg. I'm a Japanese navigator if they are. Oh, he's getting pretty emotional over this point. Some of them are witch doctors. Warlocks. Sorcery is where the power's done. That's where you have telekinesis. Telekinesis. He unironically, seriously believes that people are capable of telekinesis. Telepathy. That's where you have things like astral projection. He thinks telepathy. He thinks that people can communicate with each other through their mind as witches. Like a astral projection. You do realize that's real. That's not Smurfs. That's real. That, that, that's not Little Mermaid stuff. That's real. 
No. No. It's not real, Greg. It's not. Like, when did they do astral projection or, or telekinesis in the Smurfs or in Little Mermaid? I don't remember this. This guy is absolutely obsessed with witches, like, to an unhealthy degree. And, and I say this in all seriousness. This is the exact mindset, the exact mindset that led to the Salem Witch Trials and the Crusades. And it's happening now, today. How? You got me. How are people so completely suckered by this? I have no idea. But somehow, people like Greg Locke, despite owning a device that puts information at your fingertips, believes all of this nonsense anyways, despite that fact, blows my mind. It gets weirder. We haven't even gotten to the weird part yet. If you remember, I recently covered this. This is Jehovah's Witness governing body member Stephen Lett, and he has new light for the Jehovah's Witnesses organization that he wanted to reveal to people. Listen to this. See what he has to say. It's pretty short. Now, if we think about it, we're not born as friends of God because we're born as sinful offspring of Adam. Actually, if you think about it, we're born as enemies of God. Sometimes you'll hear people say of a little baby, look at that little angel. But more accurate would be to say, look at that little enemy of God. Yeah, so I don't know where Jehovah's Witnesses' heads are at right now, but something drove them to come to that conclusion, that babies are actually enemies of God. And I was absolutely blown away by that mindset. It only made sense to me that they would even say something like that because I know that they're desperately trying to get people to get baptized, like immediately. They want people to join the religion and get locked in so they have no choice. They have no ability to leave anymore. So they want parents to get their kids baptized as young as possible. Usually it's at, I don't know, 12 to 14 years old. That's roughly when I got baptized. But I've heard of cases of kids getting baptized as young as seven or eight years old. And I get the impression with this new light that they're giving us, this prophecy, that they want kids to start getting baptized at seven or eight rather than 12 to 14 moving forward because they're trying to lock people in. So how does this relate to Greg Locke? That's the question. Weirdly, it seems like Greg Locke had a similar idea. Listen to this next clip. You're born with a motivation to witchcraft. Every one of us are born baptized into witchcraft, sorcery, divination. You know what witchcraft is? It's mind control, situation control. Yeah, we clearly have completely different ideas of what witchcraft are. He did mention it earlier, though, if you remember. He said there are different branches of witchcraft. There's like telekinesis and telepathy. His whole thing with this sermon was that the other branch is not just like the telekinesis and telepathy, but also mind control. So what he's describing witchcraft as actually is cult-like behavior, controlling people, manipulation, and things like that, domination, so on and so forth. It was, just, it was a weird little route he took with this. But anyways, uh, keep listening to this because it starts adding up once you listen to a little bit more of what he's saying. Witchcraft is, it's mind control, situation control. It is literally, the biblical definition is, you are trying to control people, outcomes, situations, and destinies of others. 
I don't know that. I mean, I don't know what verse he's getting this from. I don't remember that at all, but okay. How many of you have children that are under the age of three? Did you put your hands up? Okay, a few of you. We know who to pray for here in a little bit. Here's what's interesting, Jesse. You know this. Okay, he's about to tell us a story about babies, and this is his attempt to justify his statement that babies are born into witchcraft. Bizarre thing to say in the first place, bizarre way to view it, and it's even more bizarre to hear a non-denominational preacher, a famous megachurch pastor like Greg Locke say it, so soon after hearing Jehovah's Witnesses say the exact same thing. Why does everybody hate babies all of a sudden? I just don't get it. Here's what's interesting, Jesse, you know this. Little baby will wake up, he'll wet his little, his little drawers, and he'll cry. Yeah, that was a weird way to say that, but all right. And rightly so. So mama comes in or daddy comes in, whichever's on duty. And they change that little diaper and they pick that baby up and they cuddle that baby. And the baby, of course, loves that warmth, that attention, that affection. So the next night, the baby doesn't even wet itself. But it knows if it cries, it's going to get cuddled, right? You came forth of your mother's womb speaking lies. There's nothing wrong with you. You're changed and you're not hungry. You just manipulate to get your parents to respond, and it works. No, Greg, actually. Affection, love and affection, are requirements. That is required for babies. They need love and affection. And he said under three years old, for the most part, under, say, two. Babies don't really have any other way to communicate but to cry. That's it. That's how they communicate that they need something. So yet they may cry because they wet themselves and they need change. Or they may cry because they're hungry. They may cry because they need attention. I mean, there are a number of different things that they need. Babies are the ultimate symbol of innocence. There is no manipulation from babies. Now, at a certain age, they reach the moral reasoning stage where they're trying to figure out what's what morality is basically i would say from two to three years old babies are generally not manipulating anybody but they're really difficult to deal with because they're going through a, an independence phase they want to be independent they want to learn to do things on their own and they don't want you around they don't want your help with certain things they want to do it themselves so they get like they turn into just a complete pain to deal with there's also colic that's just, you know, babies crying for absolutely no reason at all. They're, they don't need anything. They don't want attention. They don't want anything. They just scream. And there's nothing you can do to fix it. But then, after three, I would say between the ages of maybe four and eight years old, maybe, or even three and eight years old, they go through moral reasoning where they discover, hey, if I pretend like this person hurt me and go cry about it to my mom my mom will do something about it and I will get to have their cookie or I will get to take the toy. If I basically pretend that they took this from me, that I had it in the first place, then I'll get it. That's moral reasoning. And when that phase comes along, that's a standard part of human development. When that happens, you have to set it straight. You have to correct it. You have to let them know that's not right. People who just ignore it or, or don't help at all or... or don't set things straight or whatever else they end up with kids that tend to be spoiled and entitled and things like that if you don't contribute to kids 
understanding of morality during the moral reasoning phase, and you end up with a little shithead, basically, is what happens. Although some people grow out of that eventually anyways. But Greg isn't talking about the moral reasoning phase here. Greg is talking about a baby who isn't even potty trained yet. I potty trained Kylie when she was two years old. On her second birthday, we started potty training, and within a month, she was potty trained. She was a super easy kid to potty train. Did not have to struggle with that, and I was really lucky. Some people go all the way up to three, and still the kid is stubborn and doesn't want to buckle down and figure it out, basically. But two to three years old, when a kid is not even potty trained yet, they're not going through a moral reasoning phase. They just want attention and love. Babies are not born into witchcraft. This is such a sad, heartbreaking thing to hear Greg even say. The dude has kids of his own. That is heartbreaking. For the kids. And you're not hungry. You just manipulate to get your parents to respond. And it works, doesn't it? The manipulation is... The intimidation is, you ain't going to sleep at all tonight if you don't do what I say. And babies are born with the ability to manipulate. Babies are born with the ability to manipulate? I mean, I guess humans eventually reach the moral reasoning phase, so I suppose in some roundabout way you could say that. But babies are innocent, Greg. They're innocent. Like, there isn't an evil bone in a baby's body. They don't understand evil yet. They don't have a, a concept of it yet. This is so deeply sad. This is so deeply heartbreaking for the babies in Greg's life, honestly. And for the babies in Greg's audience's life. This is a mega church. There are people online listening to this nonsense and treating their kids accordingly. There is a point to this clip that I want to get to, an important point, and I hope you stick with me to the end because it, it, it gets real in a minute. Here's the thing about Greg Locke. Up to now, Greg has been kicked off of Twitter and, and Facebook at, at one time or another, and every other platform out there. He's been kicked off of all of them at one time or another, right? Well, come to find out, he's on YouTube. I didn't know that. He's got a YouTube channel with 100,000 subscribers on it. You guys remember a while back, Steven Anderson had a YouTube channel for the leader of the NIFB. He had a YouTube channel with somewhere around 130,000 subscribers on it. And YouTube's attention was drawn to the things that he talks about. I have to be honest, when, when I heard your sermon, it sounded like the rantings of someone who was either a hate monger or a religious zealot. And I'm wondering, which are you? Well, I'm a religious zealot, and, uh, you know, I love the Bible. I love God's Word. I believe that the law of the Lord is perfect. And, you know, Leviticus 20:13 clearly says, if a man also lie with mankind as he lieth with the woman, both of them have committed an abomination, they shall surely be put to death, their blood shall be upon them. And, you know, as a Christian, I believe the Bible, and that's where I get my belief. He had a YouTube channel with somewhere around 130,000 subscribers on it, and they removed his channel, rightfully so. Let's talk a little bit about what was in the one video that I watched on Greg's YouTube channel. Again, this is June 6th. If you're curious and you want to see this for yourself on Greg Locke's YouTube channel, a link to the video, the YouTube channel, and the timestamps that we're dealing with are in the description of this video right now. So check them out. Let's watch what Greg Locke had to say about Kenneth Copeland. 
full-blown demon-possessed Satan worshipers like Kenneth Copeland, the most powerful pastor in America. He's a demon, and he's going to hell, and you tell him I said so. I don't think Kenneth Copeland even cares, but all right, let's go on. I'm about to kick his pulpit over and preach wide slam open tonight. That low-down sorry trafficking. Yeah, obviously I had to blank out some words because they are not words that you can get away with having on YouTube. Remember, a link to this YouTube video is in the description. And the timestamps, if you want to see what he actually said originally, are all listed there. I wish to God he would take me to court. I wish to God that demon would take me to court. I'll show the pictures I've got. Okay, a couple of points here. Uh, first of all, he hasn't said anything that could actually get him sued yet because it's so difficult to actually sue somebody for defamation in the United States. It is an uphill battle. Not only do you have to prove that what they said wasn't true, you also have to prove that they said it intentionally, knowing it wasn't true, with the intent to destroy your reputation. And they actually have to do tangible damage to your reputation before you can get paid back for anything. Like, you have to show actual damages before you can get anything out of a lawsuit. So it's extremely unlikely that any of these people would sue Greg Locke. Like, Greg Locke could come out and say, I'm a demon. M me. Like, Telltale is a demon in human skin and is doing everything that he can to destroy God's people and slander me. He could spread my name around and, and my address and my phone number and everything else, and it wouldn't matter. I couldn't sue him because the laws are just set up that way in the United States. But he uses it as some kind of evidence that what he's saying is true. They're not suing me, so it must be true. No, they just wouldn't lose, or they just wouldn't win a lawsuit in the United States. They probably could win one in any other country in the world, but that's not where they live. Take me to court. I'll show the pictures I've got. And that line right there implies to me that this guy has some illegal imagery lying around that for some reason he's not turning over to the police. If he has proof of this stuff, he should have given it over to the police a long time ago. Why is he holding on to this? It gets even worse than that. Listen. You ever send another dime to that low-down sorry I pray God curses your finances. More words that you're not allowed to have on YouTube. I mean, a lot of these words you can have on YouTube, but at best it will cripple the reach, and at worst they may just delete the video and give you a, a hate speech strike anyways for it. So it's better to just not say the word in the first place. That's why I've been bleeping it out, but it's not bleeped on his channel. Technically not against the rules as far as I know. Saying those words isn't. But we'll get to another point in a second. Just keep listening. I'm sick of these demon-worshipping pastors like Joel Osteen. Look, I'm, I'm just going to say it tonight. I don't care what the news media says. Joel Osteen ain't going to sue Greg Locke. I wish you would. Again, using that as proof that, you know, he is correct in telling the truth about all this he's he's not just because somebody doesn't have the time or money to sue you or just because the criminal justice system doesn't care if you're telling the truth or not doesn't mean that you're actually telling the truth dude's worth so many millions of dollars it's ridiculous why don't they sue the hillbilly preacher i'll tell you why 
because he knows I'm right. Whether you're right or not is completely irrelevant in the eyes of the law. It's whether or not you did damage to their reputation that they can show in, in financial records, basically, and that you knew what you were doing and were intentionally trying to damage your reputation. We'll call them all out when I have to. You say, oh, my goodness, you mean to tell me that Joel Osteen, he's that way with women? No, I'm here to tell you Joel Osteen's that way with boys. By the way, you ever heard of a dead man switch? Well, just in case they come and try to me, I got one of them. Once again, why are you holding on to this stuff? You should have turned it over to the authorities a long time ago. If you get caught with this stuff, you'll be in just as bad a shape as they are. Let them chase me down. Huh? It'll all go on the internet. Every last drop of it. Hmm? Tom Hanks, Oprah, and all them. Turn it over if you have something. Seriously, you will be in just as much trouble as they are for doing it if you have this kind of stuff, if you have th this material. No joke. But here's the point of all of this. This is why I wanted to talk about this, okay? This is YouTube's page on ban-worthy offenses. Here are some examples of content that's not allowed on YouTube. Repeatedly showing pictures of someone and then making statements like, look at this creature's teeth, they're so disgusting, with similar commentary targeting intrinsic attributes throughout the video. Targeting an individual based on their membership in a protected group, such as by saying, look at this filthy slur targeting a protected group, wish they'd just get hit by a truck. Targeting an individual and making claims they're involved in human trafficking in the context of a harmful conspiracy theory, where the conspiracy is linked to direct threats or violent acts. Sounds a little familiar, doesn't it? Using an extreme insult to dehumanize an individual based on their intrinsic attributes. For example, look at this dog of a woman. She's not even a human being. She must be some sort of mutant or animal. Now let's, let's listen one more time to what Greg Locke said, okay? Just want to step back just a hair and, and listen one more time. Full-blown demon-possessed Satan worshipers like Kenneth Copeland, the most powerful pastor in America. He's a demon, and he's... He's a what? He's a demon, and he's going to hell, and you tell him I said so. He's a demon. Interesting. Is that anything like calling somebody a dog, for example? That low-down sorry trafficking... I wish to God he would take me to court. Interesting. Would this fall into the category of targeting an individual and making claims that they're involved in human trafficking in the context of a harmful conspiracy theory? Would that fall into that category? By the way, again, if you don't believe that this is real or from Greg or something, link to his channels in the description, link to the videos in the description, and link to timestamps is in the description of this video if you want to see it. Let's watch another. July 6th, same video. We have convinced, not we, because we're awake and not woke. Can I get a witness? The media has convinced the world through manipulation in order to produce control and domination that Joe Biden actually won the election. Just out of sheer interest, I was kind of perusing my way through the YouTube guidelines in terms of service. Election integrity. Content advancing false claims that widespread fraud, errors, or glitches occurred in certain past certified national elections 
or content that claims that certified results of those elections were false. The policy currently applies to any past U.S. presidential election, the 2021 German federal election, or the 2018 Brazilian presidential election. Let's listen one more time. Because we're awake and not woke. Can I get a witness? The media has convinced the world through manipulation in order to produce control and domination that Joe Biden actually won the election. A link to the video, timestamps, and his YouTube channel are in the description. So do with that what you will. I don't like censoring people. I don't like shutting down public discourse. But when you get violent and when you spread conspiracy theories, you know, that's where I draw my line. That's where I draw my line. He doesn't have the right to break YouTube's terms of service and community guidelines, just like I don't. I stay perfectly within the bounds of what's allowed on this platform. Everybody else should have to also. And I don't want conspiracy theories and extremism spreading any further than they already have. So if you disagree with my take on this, if you disagree with the idea that Greg Locke should receive community guidelines strikes for the things that he said in this video, let me know in the comments. If you have another take on this and you think people should just leave him alone, let me know. Tell me your position. I'm open to hearing it. Joshua Lee, Locke's church is no longer a church, but a hate group, in my opinion. Best way to stop them is to remove the tax exempt status. Yep. I agree with you. I mean, it wouldn't stop them, though. They would continue on despite not having tax exempt status. Greg Locke, a while back, claimed to have given up his tax exempt status. So guess what I did this week? I got an attorney. And I dissolved our stinking 501c3 in this church because the government ain't going to tell me what I can and what I can't say. So IRS, we don't need your stupid tax-exempt status. You can put it in a bag and burn it in your front yard for all we care. I renounce 501c3 communism in this church. So we'll say what we want to, Skippy Lou. And the IRS and the FBI and everybody we've been turned into can eat my dirty socks on live TV. Some sleuths in my audience went in search of his business license, found it, did a business search, and discovered that it is, in fact, as of this moment right now, still active and tax-exempt. So Greg Locke claims he gave up tax-exempt status. He didn't. He hasn't yet, at the very least. He's still not paying taxes. Next, we're going to talk about a conspiracy theory leaving the internet and entering the real world. A conspiracy theorist bombed a famous Georgia monument, the Georgia Guidestones. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com.
Some pretty crazy news released recently. I don't like to keep people in suspense, so I'll just tell you. The Georgia Guidestones got attacked. They were blown up recently. Now, if you don't know what the Georgia Guidestones are and why a conspiracy theorist would blow them up in the first place, I'm going to explain. So just bear with me for a second. We'll get there. They're basically ruined. Like, that's it. That That's the end of the line for the Guidestones, unfortunately. I don't know what they used to destroy it, but apparently there's like, I don't think it's not an FBI investigation, but it's like a GBI investigation, like Georgia Bureau of Investigation. It's the state version. And they were destroyed so, so badly, like they were so badly damaged. They just had to take them down. OK, so what what are they? That's the question, right? What what are the Georgia Guidestones? Why should anybody care? And why are there are even conspiracy theorists out there who are so wound up about it that they'd be willing to commit multiple felonies and plant a bomb on it and, and, and blow it up. The Georgia Guidestones are a monument that were constructed, I think, in the 1980s, that may be planned in the 1970s, by somebody who goes by R.C. Christian. That's all we know about them. There are a few people who know who it was, but they swore an oath of secrecy to not reveal their real name. And it was just the people who created them in the first place, like who sourced the granite or whatever it is and who actually etched in the the inscriptions and stuff. No one else really knows exactly who it is, but the Georgia Guidestones are honestly kind of weird. Like the inscriptions on there are kind of strange, don't really make much sense. The guidestones are designed to be a compass, a calendar, and a guide to rebuild civilization in the in the event of like a nuclear war. They were called America's Stonehenge for a while. Here here's what was inscribed. It was in like, I don't know, ten different languages or something. It says maintain humanity under five hundred million in perpetual balance with nature. That's actually good advice. You know, the earth can only sustain two billion people. We can't have more than that or we deplete the resources. So five hundred thousand is a good number. Guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Uh, not super sure about that one. That sounds like eugenics. Um, I'm not really a fan of that. Kind of weird, but okay. Unite humanity with a living new language. Okay, I suppose. That's not so bad. If you all use the same language, it would be more convenient. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. I'm all for tempered reason, I suppose. I don't know what any of that other stuff has to do with it, but yeah, tempered reason. That's good. Protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Seems obvious. Let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Again, seems obvious. That's what we do now. Avoid petty laws and useless officials. Love it so far. Balance personal rights with social duties. Again, seems obvious. Prize truth, beauty, love-seeking harmony with the infinite. Have no idea what that means. Be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. Um, okay, again, seems obvious, but all right. That's nice, I suppose. Some of it's questionable. Some of it is obvious. I mean, it, it's just kind of a weird thing. So why are people all bent out of shape about it? Like, who cares, right? It's just a gigantic calendar with a, a few weird sayings on it. As it turns out, QAnoners and Trump supporters alike have gone completely off the hinges over the Georgia Guidestones. 
they believe that it it was erected by the cabal, which is like this. It's basically like the new Illuminati. It's the new word that QAnon uses to describe the Illuminati. They think it was erected by the cabal in an attempt to depopulate the planet. I mean, I'm trying to do an Alex Jones voice here. Alex Jones was one of the original people who first started attacking the Guidestones. So I just wanted to take a quick glance at this article about it. This is on Washington Post. Just see what it had to say about the Guidestones here. It was written July 7th, the day after they were destroyed. The title is Far Right Called U.S. Stonehenge Satanic and Cheered When It Blew Up. Granite monoliths inscribed with cryptic messages were blown up in rural Georgia early Wednesday, leaving behind a legacy of of mystery that stretches from their origin to their destruction. Again, we don't know who originally petitioned to have them put up, but we know who actually grafted the granite and all of the other stuff. So it's not really that mysterious, but whatever. Video footage released by law enforcement shows a car leaving the scene shortly after the blast, although the GBI did not specify whether the driver was connected to the incident. Later in the day, authorities demolished the whole monument, citing safety reasons. Right-wing conspiracy theorists such as InfoWars founder Alex Jones have seized on the edicts as proof of, of a nefarious globalist scheme. In a 2008 documentary, he pointed to the granite slabs as evidence that global elites were plotting to enslave most of the world. During the coronavirus pandemic, misinformation circulated that linked the emergence of the virus to the Guidestones. Hadn't heard that one. I'm going to have to look that one up. Rep. Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has spread and supported unfounded conspiracy theories, told Jones in an interview Wednesday that the monument represented a future of population control as envisioned by the hard left. The hard left has no interest in population control, whatever that means. I don't consider myself hard left, but I feel I can speak for the hard left in saying they don't want population control in the way that Marjorie Taylor Greene views it. Like, yeah, we should try to reduce the number of carbon emitting humans that are in the world. That doesn't mean we want population control and cap it at 500,000 and all kinds of crazy stuff. It's just bizarre. There's a war of good and evil going on, and people are done with globalism, she said, adding that she would wait for the results of the investigation. The Guidestones also got a mention in the state's GOP gubernatorial primary this year. Educator Candace Taylor, who finished a distant third to the victorious incumbent Brian Kemp, pledged to dismantle the monument and fight the Luciferian cabal that she suggested was behind it. Yeah, Candace Taylor, she was in the race to become the governor. She was trying, she's running against Brian Kemp in the Republican primary. She got six and a half percent, six and a half percent. Let's watch her campaign ad. Came out early May 2022. By the way, if you don't know who this is, let me jog your memory. She's the guns, babies, Jesus lady. She had those three words emblazoned across the side of her campaign bus famously when she was campaigning in Georgia. Guns, babies, Jesus. That's who this woman is. All right, let's watch this clip, early May 2022. told us what they wanted to do. Some might even say they had to get our permission to at least tell us ahead of time, even if we didn't believe them. This is propaganda, by the way. The the way that all of this operates is in a propagandistic way. Like, showing her hand with a wedding ring on it is 
hinting to people that she's in favor of one man, one woman type of marriage. I mean, it's all propagandistic stuff. Over 4 billion people have been injected with something that took just nine months to create. Once again, propaganda. The vaccine is perfectly safe, and we know that without a shadow of a doubt at this point. Like she said, I mean, four and a half billion something shots have been administered and people are not dying en masse. But none of the facts matter to her. It, this is political propaganda. That's how it works. They take facts out of context and try to make it seem ridiculous or seem dangerous. Here's another example of political propaganda. Trump says no sitting president has ever received more votes ever and he uses that as evidence that he actually won secretly what he's ignoring is that more people voted in this election than ever and biden got like eight million more than him or something or six million more i don't re remember exactly how many more he got significantly more votes than him nobody has ever received more votes than biden did no sitting president has received more votes than trump did being a sitting president has nothing to do with whether or not he won. That is how propaganda works. Take facts out of context and apply extra information to them to make people think that your side is more reasonable when it's not. So what we're looking at here is the Georgia Guidestones. Ask yourself why. Back in biblical times, human sacrifice was a form of demonic worship. Yeah. That's where we're at now with these people. We're going down this road. This is a governor candidate, or was. She lost, of course, luckily. But seriously, a, a candidate for governor, U.S. governor, is saying this stuff. Of demonic worship. We're still doing it in present day by killing our unborn. It's the same demons, it's the same sacrifice, it's the same sin, it's just a different time. Demons aren't real, Candace. They're in your head. Are the demons in the room with us right now, Candace? This is a long shot in and of itself, running for governor against an incumbent. Why are you doing this? If we don't call things out and we don't acknowledge them and we don't take authority and take dominion over what God's given us. The reason she emphasized the word dominion there, again, Every word in this is picked very specifically. It's propaganda. The reason she picked the word dominion is because she's a dominionist. What that means is she wants to replace the t the she wants to replace the Constitution with the Ten Commandments. That's the goal. She is specifically setting out to turn this into a theocracy run by pastors, not by government officials. She wants to replace government officials with, with preachers. That's what dominionism is, and that's why she emphasized the word. And take dominion over what God's given us, then we are no better than the evil ones that put it up. We've watched as people have destroyed our history and monuments, and in their place, they have erected statues to their own gods. She flashed the Georgia Guidestones on screen here and said that we erected statues to our own gods, i.e. the Georgia Guidestones are statues to false gods, apparently. Statues to their own gods. The new world order is here. 
and they told us it was coming. It's a battle far greater than what we see in the natural. It is a war between good and evil. So Executive Order 10, she's standing out here next to the Georgia Guidestones, and it says, Executive Order 10, demolish the Georgia Guidestones. Georgia Governor Candidate. Interestingly enough, this guy named Stu Peters helped her make that political propaganda ad. Uh, this is Stu Peters on the left. I don't know if you've heard of him, but I've talked about him a few times on the Fireside Chat channel and stuff. Give it a look. I mean, just search for Stu Peters on my channel, and, and it'll come right up. He actually recently came out as a flat earther, interestingly enough. Yeah, this is his message. So here's the deal on the flat earth question. I'm an inquisitive person. I ask a lot of questions. I'm a passionate person. I speak my mind. I'm an alpha male. I don't care what anyone thinks. Oh my God, dude. This is just so deeply cringy. I cannot stand it. I'm an investigator. I look for evidence. Since I have recently been considering this conundrum, I have not seen any evidence to suggest that there's any truth to what NASA or the government has been telling me since birth. Oh, I don't believe them. I will not be gaslighted into just believing a lie or assuming something is truth because it's repeated relentlessly. If the globe is round, someone is going to have to prove it to me. Just like viruses are real, vaccines are safe, and elections are fair. Wow. Oh, I love it, dude. I love it. I love it to death. I eat it up. Anyway, that's Stu Peters. Flat earther extraordinaire. He helped Candace Taylor make that ad that we just saw. Listen to them talking about it. Oh, and by the way, before we watch this this video with Stu Peters and Candace Taylor, one more thing I wanted to mention. Did you notice in her ad, her political ad, she said somebody was talking to her in the car and they said, you know, this is a long shot. Why are you doing this? And she said, we need to take Dominion, blah, blah, blah. She knew it was a long shot, right? She knew she had very low chances of actually d winning any primaries or anything at all. And you want to guess what she did as soon as she lost with six and a half percent of the vote? She refused to concede and said it was stolen from her. Of course, I can't imagine she actually believes she lost. She decided to go the old destroy democracy route. Genius. Anyway, let's watch this clip with Stu Peters and Candace Taylor talking about their ad and the Georgia Guidestones. This one came out early May 2022. You're going to absolutely destroy the Georgia Guidestones, demolish them, bulldoze them, and reject their demonic message once and for all. You're the only candidate willing to go head-to-head -head with the Luciferian cabal. Is there any wonder who actually destroyed them, honestly? Do we really have to sit here and wonder? We know exactly who destroyed them. I mean, we don't know this specific person. But it was a conspiracy theorist, right? A Candace Taylor fan, a Stu Peters fan, a Trump fan. One of those three groups. I'm putting my reputation on the line and betting that whoever destroyed them is fans of one of those three people. Let's keep listening. Willing to go head-to-head -head with the Luciferian cabal. You went to these Georgia Guidestones with our executive producer, Lauren Witzke, and part of our film division. Lauren Witzke is a white supremacist, a Christian nationalist, and also a Senate candidate. She won the primary, I believe, in Delaware in 2020, but she lost the general election to become the next senator, I think. White supremacist, extremist, complete nutcase, to say the least. Oh, and she works for Stu Peters, the flat earther. 
Let's keep listening. How did you feel when you were there? It was overwhelming, really. You know, it's kind of surreal. It was surreal because she believes the Georgia Guidestones to be satanic. She believes they were constructed by apostates of Satan who went out there and, and built them up for him, acted as his hands or whatever. That's why it's surreal. Surreal. And I was kind of in awe of how many people showed up there and the people walking up there, they looked like they were walking up there trying to find something, looking for something. And, you know, in my heart, I was in the car praying. They were looking for the Georgia Guidestones. They were there to see a monument. They were the American Stonehenge. They were really cool. 20 feet tall almost. They're a tourist attraction. Yeah, we know what they were looking for. In the car praying, they're looking for you, Jesus. They're looking for you. And as they're looking for you, they're finding this in my state. This in the Bible Belt, this conservative. And it made my skin crawl. They're not looking for Jesus there. No, but they're looking for him and don't know where he is. And they're going to this satanic place, hoping to find something to satisfy that need. My God, am I glad she lost her election. This is not a satanic place. These were not constructed by the cabal. It's just a calendar. My God, how did Stonehenge survive so long, honestly, if this is how society operates, if, the, if this is how conspiracy theories spread? It's nuts. Apparently, Stu Peters put out a whole video about this. Satanic Georgia Guidestones crumble as all-out spiritual war warfare gets heated. And I am so excited to listen to this because it, it, it's got to be interesting, right? This dude is an absolute wingnut. Absolute wingnut. It's not a party unless Alex Jones shows up, right? Alex Jones decided to get in on the action and give us his two cents about the Georgia Guidestones being destroyed. Listen to what he had to say on the subject. This one came out uh, early July 2022. The GMO foods and the electromagnetic radiation through this cultural satanic attack. What are we going to do when they've got a monument put up by Ted Turner and the New World Order, who heads up a major eugenics group, got Bill Gates in the population? Wow, that's a lot of buzzwords. Uh, can I even pick them out? A GMO, satanic something or other, Ted Turner. My God, there were a lot of words in there. Who heads up a major eugenics group, got Bill Gates in the depopulation setting up this 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 announcement of evil so the georgia guidestones this is what he's saying georgia guidestones were an announcement of evil he believes that the georgia guidestones were constructed by bill gates and ted turner george soros and all the other boogeymen they've got over there and they were an announcement of what they intended to do with the world I have no idea what brought them to that conclusion. Certainly not logic, but all right, let's keep listening. I would rather have everybody go out there and shoot their own videos and talk about it and expose it. By blowing it up, yeah, it brings limited attention to it, but at the end of the day, it then invites this idea that we're like the left destroying knowledge or tearing things down. The left destroys knowledge and tears things down? That's interesting. Interesting to hear you say that. Well, first of all, I have to say statues of Confederate soldiers are not knowledge. 
Now, this, the Georgia Guidestones, they might qualify as knowledge because it, it had writing on it and it could act as a calendar. So I could qualify these as knowledge, but Confederate soldiers' statues are not knowledge and don't deserve to stay up. There's no reason for those to stay up. I find it really interesting that Alex Jones is even taking the position that we shouldn't be tearing down or, or destroying the Georgia Guidestones anyways. Aside from that, I really want to focus in on what he said about the left destroying knowledge. That's, that's an interesting point to make. Only a couple months after Greg Locke held a very public book burning at his church. Or after Andrew Womack very publicly at his church said he has spies inside the school system going through the school libraries trying to find any homosexual books he can find to destroy them or report them. I sent a spy into our public school system to check out what the books are. And I got a list of, I think it was 54 books in the Woodland Park school system. And this is a small place, 7,000 people in the community. And there's 54 homosexual books that we know of. And I got a list of that. And I've got people that are on my staff that go to every school board meeting. And as soon as we get them looked at so that we can defend what we're saying, we're gonna stand up in the school board. We also ran, and we now have a number of our Karis graduates that are on school board, and we've got Christians in places, and praise God, we're seeing things change. Interesting thing to say after school systems have been going through their libraries banning books about the Holocaust, like the book Mouse. I, not long ago, I bought a copy of the book Mouse because it was banned by school systems in the United States. Nothing more than a book about the Holocaust. It was, a, it was a graphic novel describing a person's experience as a Jewish person during the Holocaust in Germany, or maybe Poland, I don't remember where they were, in the 1940s. No, it's the left destroying knowledge. Absolutely. It's the left that wants to ban things and, and shut people up. It's the left. Totally. Absolutely. That checks out. 100% Alex. For what it's worth, local business owners said that they intended to try to rebuild the Georgia Guidestones. This is all conspiracy nonsense. I don't really care one way or another about the Georgia Guidestones. I think they had weird questionable advice on them. But I don't like to see what I think qualify as domestic terrorists at this point. I don't like to see them win. So I hope they do reconstruct them just to make a point. Warhawk 9566, literal terrorism. I don't know how significant the Guidestones were, but this is no different than the Taliban blowing up the Buddha statue. Absolutely. 100%. I agree. The Guidestones weren't significant. They weren't significant religiously or, or in any other context, really. They were just a monument, a tourist attraction. But blowing up architecture like that because you disagree with it religiously is part of your religious belief that it's evil and satanic, that's terrorism right there, for sure. Just like the Taliban. The Quiet Knitter, are the Guidestones an example of stochastic terrorism? Yes, absolutely are. Yeah, that's a really good example. You demonize something or somebody 
for long enough, what you end up with is an, an extremist out there who's willing to go to disturbing, crazy lengths to accomplish the goals that you set out. Somebody should do something about this person. Somebody should do something about Dr. Tiller. Somebody should do something about these Georgia Guidestones. They're evil. They're satanic. They're a plot by the cabal to destroy blah, blah, blah. Within a few months, guess what? Those Guidestones have been destroyed. That is stochastic terrorism. Absolutely. Next, we're going to talk about Pastor Johnny Enlone's recent appearance at a conference where congressmen told him they rely on his prophetic gifts. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Oh my god, this one's crazy too. This is Cat Kerr levels of confusing and weird and funny and crazy. This is a little bit more of a serious commentary on what's happening in the world right now, but it gets really, really weird, man. Okay, the right is coming up with all kinds of weird ideas about Roe v. Wade and what it means now that it's been overturned. This guy on the left, this is Mark Taylor, okay? He's a megachurch pastor, he's a QAnoner, and he's actually incredibly famous and influential within the QAnon movement. Same with this guy on the right, Christopher McDonald, extremely influential within evangelical circles. So they had some things to say after Roe v. Wade was overturned. This story is actually about Johnny Enlow, ultimately, but this kind of leads into the, the Johnny Enlow segment or the, the Johnny Enlow piece. So let's listen to what Mark Taylor, megachurch pastor, evangelical, and QAnoner, has to say about Roe v. Wade being overturned. Listen to this. Late May 2022. When politicians go to Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia, this is why they lose all wisdom. Columbia is another name for Bale, the District of Bale. They are working for and under the protection of the District of Bale, whose food source is the aborted babies. Wow, man. Okay, this took a bizarre turn. Uh, I am so deeply confused. You know, as an atheist, when I first came into the movement originally, I used to hear people make jokes constantly about eating babies. Like, oh, I eat babies for breakfast. You know, there are even memes about atheists eating babies. I mean, right here, we've got atheism because babies are tasty. You know, atheists will eat your baby. Atheism because babies are tasty. I mean, just a billion memes about eating babies, right? And that's because, as it turns out, I mean, this blew my mind when I found it out. People believe that. They really do. And we're looking at one right now. Mark Taylor believes that not only atheists, but people in Washington, D.C. eat babies. No joke. He really believes that. This whole idea of eating babies, this actually goes back to old Jewish tropes from the 1940s. Blood libel stuff. They've been spreading these ideas for for decades, nay, centuries. It is an old idea. But honestly, when I come across it in the wild, it really does crack me up. Uh, it, it's really, really funny to listen to, to people uh, unironically espouse this belief. Seriously, to the bottom of their heart, 
believe this. Do no. you think it's a coincidence that they are creating a food shortage for us? Did they know ahead of time that we were going after Roe versus Wade? They are going after our food sources because we are going after theirs. The cabal, the leaders in government in the United States, are going after people's food sources, making food more expensive because they eat babies, and they just brought down Roe v. Wade. That is some shit, man. Honestly, this is this is a new level. This is absolutely a new level. Beautiful. Which is the babies. The babies. Do you think it's also tied into this baby formula shortage? Because it's so ironic yep. that we're talking about what you just said. Food source. And, and, and food, the food source of babies is now being cut off. There, it's almost like the devil is trying to starve the, the babies that are living to death because the aborted issue is about to be cut off very soon. They're dead serious. No smile on these people's lips. No smile. They are dead serious about these beliefs. So that's one take on the Roe v. Wade issue. Uh, again, mega church pastor. He is actually one of the, what they call like the proofs that Trump is anointed by God because he made this claim that Trump was going to be anointed by God to be the president back in 2012, I think. He claimed that Trump was going to run in the 2012 election, I believe. And he said that God told him that that was the case. This was a prophecy from God. When Trump didn't run, everybody just kind of forgot the famous Texas sharpshooter fallacy. Ignore the misses, focus in on the hits. Four years later, when Trump did run in 2016, everyone was like, hey, you remember a few years ago, didn't that guy say Trump was going to run for president and God told him he was going to win in 2012? Well, let's just drop the 2012 piece off the end of that and claim that we have a prophet of God telling us Trump's going to run for president, and he actually did. Texas sharpshooter fallacy. Anyway, here's another prophet of God that claimed that Trump is going to win in 2016, and he has a take on the Roe v. Wade issue as well. This is a different one. Listen to this. Uh, this one came out early July 2022. Johnny Enlow. Let's see who this is. Remember me saying that before, the 624, the Roe v. Wade day is also, was a real spiritual day for oh, yeah. St. Luciferian 666, because 06 is six total, 24 is a six total. Hold on, let's just do the math here. So 06... Oh, six. Okay, so the, the, somehow he's saying June 24th, 2022 adds up to 666. This is one of Johnny Enlow's most famousest things. He loves to do this weird math and mess around with numbers until it spells out 666. All right, let me just try to figure this out one more time. 06 is 6 total. 24 is... 06, 2 total. Wait. 6 total, 24... Hang on. Okay, I got to step. Let's just listen to the whole thing again. St. Luciferian 666, because 06 is 6 total. 24 is a 6 total. And the 2022 is 6 total. And so I'm trying to be charitable here. I don't get it. I'm sorry. Maybe my brain isn't big enough. Maybe God just doesn't speak to me. I don't understand what he's getting at. Wasn't Roe v. Wade overturned June 24th, 2022? How do you get 666 from that? I'm trying really hard. I honestly am. Um, but this is just confusing. June is the sixth month. 
I guess if you add two and four together, I don't know why you would do that. You'd get another six. Where do you get the third six from? I guess 2022, two, zero, two, two. So two plus zero plus two plus two is six. This is stretching, man. This is a reach, a hard reach. But okay, I guess June 24th in some weird backwards roundabout way adds up to 666. Let's keep listening to Johnny. Six total, two, four is a six total and the 2022 is six total. And so everything about that is speaking to what our God is doing. Wow. So he's telling us because he found some way to take the numbers in the date, June 24th, 2022, and add them up to 666, that means God wanted Roe v. Wade to be overturned on that date. Weird. It seems to me that... Roe v. Wade being in effect for like 50-something years would have been evidence enough that God wanted it to be in effect for 50-something years, right? It seems to me if God's plan is always in action and nothing happens unless it's his will that it happens, then God wanted Roe v. Wade to be in effect that whole time. You ever consider that as a possibility? These people are on the same level and and they deal with each other the same like the firefighter prophet mark taylor who were we looking at a minute ago johnny enlow and cat kerr and all of these people they all work together they know each other they're roughly equally as famous there's actually an interesting little clip i came across with johnny enlow i don't know if you know who this guy is but he attends a lot of conferences like he knows a lot of reputable people And he went to a conference recently. It was called the Majority... It's called the Road to Majority Conference. He attended that recently, and as a matter of fact, he spoke at it. Take a look at this. This is the speaker's schedule. 9 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. general session, Delta Ballroom. We got Johnny Enlow, international speaker and author, on the ticket. He was a speaker at this conference. Who else was a speaker? the CEO of the Babylon Bee, executive director of the Faith and Freedom Coalition. It also hosted multiple Republican members of Congress and high-ranking Republican leaders, including Representative Barry Loudermilk of Georgia, Representative Maria Salazar of Florida, and Virginia Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears. Big names. That's who went to this conference with Johnny Enlow as a speaker. Listen to what Johnny Enlow had to say late June 2022. This is after coming back from the conference. Uh, You know, the president of, I won't say what state, but the uh, Republican Party president just walked up to me and said, you don't know me, but I just want to tell you, we hang on what you're saying there on Elijah's streams because it gives us a plumb line for how to process what God's doing and how we can contend. Um, Somebody else, a young man who's a county uh, chairman of the uh, Republican Party, and, and basically, he's the same thing. I listened to it all. Johnny Enlow is apparently watched on Elijah Streams, on this show that we're watching right here, watched by Republican representatives, senators, congressmen, governors, the whole nine yards. People watch this guy. No joke. He's extremely influential. It's why it's important we talk about him in the first place. Endlessly entertaining to hear him say the crazy stuff he says, but yeah. Matter of fact, this isn't the only time that he's claimed to be a prophet or that he's claimed to be listened to by important officials. Listen to this one. This is late January 2021. Here's the deal. I don't call myself prophet. I don't put it on my website. I don't 
uh, I don't you know, announce myself as Prophet Johnny. A lot of people do. And in fact, that's how I'm announced most. And when I'm contacted, when I'm called. The reason that he doesn't, he'll reveal in a minute, is because he doesn't want to be stoned if he gets something wrong. That, he actually says that. You know, if you don't believe yourself to be a prophet, then you should correct people when they say it. People used to call me a cult expert. I'm not a cult expert. I'm a cult communicator at best. I understand this stuff really, really well. It's very clear to me how all this stuff operates. I'm not, by any stretch of the imagination, an expert. When people say that, I correct it. I don't feel comfortable calling myself an expert unless I have a high degree in the field. This guy doesn't see it that way. He's perfectly happy for people to call him a prophet. His hang-up isn't with whether or not he's a prophet. He knows he's a prophet. His hang-up is with the idea that he might get stoned if he gets something wrong. When government leaders contact me, that's what they, they call me. And if you receive me as a prophet, I'm a prophet. If you don't, I'm not. If a prophet to you means, do I get everything 100% correct, including timing, nuance, everything, every detail? Absolutely not. Yes, yes, that's a prophet. That's what I expect from my prophets. The Bible even specifies that. And it also says if you claim to be a prophet, you should be stoned to death if you're not, if you're lying about that. I think that's somewhere in Deuteronomy or something like that. Uh, pretty specific, you know? That's pretty specific. Going around masquerading as a prophet is not much better, seems to me. So if that's your criteria for am I a prophet, then I'm not. So if I'm not and I'm telling you, I go with that for you. Then you can't stone me either because I'm not a false prophet. There you go. Then he plays his hands. He reveals what this is really all about. He doesn't want to be stoned, but he's going to try to fleece gullible suckers out of every penny they own by using the term prophet. And by the way, he does call himself a prophet anyways. Don't let him get one over on you and pretend he doesn't. I will tell you for those who don't know, you know, I have met with the mayor and said there's soon going to be discovered in your city two salt mines. And it was discovered. I said, there's going to be a silver mine discovered. It was discovered. There's going to be a zinc mine discovered. It was discovered. A lost city of the Incas is going to make world news. It was discovered. I was given two keys to the city and two sub subsequent trips. It's Mayor Luis Ordonez from Saposoa. I, I, uh, I gave description even after they discovered the city. I said, there's this much more. And it's up to it's 45 square kilometers, 45 square miles. So I did say that. Uh, I prophesied huge gold mines in other places. Really, I, uh, this is about, I stopped counting about 10 years ago. The sum total of things that I prophesied and were discovered were over $500 billion. You know, this seems like deeply blasphemous to me. Why would God give a shit about your salt mine or silver mine or whatever? There are people suffering and dying in the world right now. And you are glorifying yourself right now. This guy is using this as a feather in his cap to prove how incredible he is. To prove he has a line to God. This is one of the most blasphemous things that I have ever seen in my life. And it seems to me that this guy should tread carefully. If he really believes this stuff, I don't see a way out of this where he ends up in heaven. If he really does believe all of this stuff and everything the Bible says and all of that, there's no route to heaven in this for him. I have 
a diploma of honor from the Congress of Peru. And, and, and six congressmen were part of putting that together. And the only thing I've done in Peru is prophesy and they've been fulfilled. Yeah, just keep putting a puff in your own petticoat there, Johnny. All right, this one is from late December 2021. Listen to this one. The, he's basically doing the exact same thing, justifying, not really calling himself a pastor, but then calling himself a pastor anyways, and telling us about all of the, you know, putting a puff in his own petticoat once again. Listen to this. I said before uh, uh, that I don't announce myself as such. And um, I have been called that for more than 20 years as I travel around. I have never asked anybody to call me that. I've been introduced, uh, you know, in Baptist churches. I've been introduced to presidents and prime ministers and other things as prophet. And you didn't correct him, did you? You didn't correct him. That's on you, buddy. If you don't believe yourself to be a prophet, correct it. If you do believe yourself to be a prophet, use the word. You can't have it both ways. He wants to, and he's going to one way or another. And in none of those cases did I ask for that to happen, but I was introduced as such and respected and, and, and accepted as such and even received a diploma of honor from uh, you know nation of Peru, something done by six different congressmen wow. Wow. for work in Peru. And really it's because prophetic words came true at a very macro or... Yeah. Can I, and I, I want to ask this real quick, because you, you and I have talked about this a little bit. I want to make sure that people hear what you're saying, and what you're not saying. You're saying you've never, ever been asked, you've asked, you've never asked people to call you a prophet, but you're not saying that you're not a prophet. That's correct. Okay. And, and so, you know, it's, um, uh, it, it, part of it's probably designed to take the heat off myself okay. um, by not saying, but I do not say I'm not a prophet. If you talk to God, what's the problem? Just come out and tell us, do you talk to God or not? This is a pretty straightforward question. This guy's constantly talking about how he communes with God on, you know, regularly and gets messages from him all the time about how Donald Trump is going to be the president real soon. It's going to happen. Just wait. Just wait and see. He is the Trump prophet. Um, I can't think of a better name for this guy. But anyways, if you're a prophet, then just come out and say you're a prophet. Either you commune with God or you don't. If you believe you do, which he does, call yourself that. I don't understand what the hang-up is here. I don't know who's watching this. I've covered this guy a few times. Some really entertaining clips on there about about him, like endlessly entertaining stuff. But just for good measure, if there's anyone out there who has not seen this guy before, let me show you. I think this is probably my favorite clip of this guy. I call it the Kofifi clip. Again, he is a Trump pastor. He is He has seamlessly worked Trump into his theology. Donald Trump is effectively the new messiah in this guy's head. So... He puts out a prophecy about the word Kofifi. Listen to this. This is early May 2022. Kofifi is C-O-V-F-E-F-E. -F -E. And, and so that's how it's spelled, okay? C-O-V-F-E-F-E. -F -E. Can't do it with the fingers when I'm doing it like this. But anyway, Kofifi. And yes, people thought that was an error for spelling coffee. Like they haven't learned yet that President Trump doesn't really miss anything. Trump doesn't miss anything like no people just haven't learned that Trump really is just intellectually far beyond everybody else in this world.
Trump doesn't miss a thing. Seriously, he believes Trump speaks in code regularly, and he's sending secret messages to people through the news all the time. If something is spelled, if he leaves out an L, he adds an R, he does, it's everything has a reason and a purpose. This is very strategic what is taking place. So this guy thinks that Trump is being strategic about typing out the word Kofifi. It was actually originally a tweet that Trump sent out. It was something about negative press coverage, but the word was press Kofifi. Uh, nobody understood how he got Kofifi out of coverage. Like, how did auto... I mean, it was so wrong, even autocorrect couldn't figure out what he was trying to say. Anyway, uh, it wasn't about coffee. It was about coverage, but that's beside the point. Let's keep listening because he's about to tell us Trump's strategic plan for why he used the word Kofifi. So Kofifi is... Um, it's... There are three from the table of elements. CO is for cobalt. V is for vanadium. Fe, Fe is two molecules of iron. This is the solution, the antidote to the 5G towers that were really designed to work with the vaccines and essentially really? hack human beings. My eyebrows literally cannot go higher right now. It is physically impossible for my eyebrows to go higher than this. This guy believes that Trump was sending out an antidote. Wait, what was the 5G vaccine? So, hang on. This is the solution, the antidote to the 5G towers that were really designed to work with the vaccines. Oh, 5G towers designed to work with the vaccine and cobalt, vanadium, and two iron molecules are the antidote. So if you can come up with a little vanadium, iron, and cobalt and, and put them together, apparently this is the antidote to that. I love this clip so much, I just can't stand it. And essentially hack really? human beings. Really? And so what he implemented when he was telling Code Fifi before, um, he was... So they created, essentially, if I understand it correctly, some sort of magnet that they put at every pole, 5G pole, that essentially doesn't allow it to do the hacking that they wanted to do. I love it to death. I love everything about it. This guy is so deeply entertaining with the crazy stuff he says. If you don't know who he is, you absolutely must go back and watch some of the clips I put out about him because it is something else, dude. It really is. Personally, though, I think the dude really does believe himself to be a prophet. I think he's for real. I don't think he's pretending. I don't think he's just trying to flee scullable suckers. I think he really does believe the nonsense that he spreads. If you disagree with me, let me know in the comments. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind, politics, social issues 
issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.